Hello. Thank you for listening to and watching You at Options. Um, this episode, I have Mike and Chris um, from the very good record label, uh, Born Losers Records. Uh, you might remember them from, we've had some some guests uh, who are on their label, um, CD Ghost, most recently, and Cathedral Bells. Go check out those episodes. Yeah, we just talk about um, uh, the releases that are coming up for Born Losers talk about you know the history of born losers kind of how they operate um yeah uh talk about djing we talk about we cover so much stuff uh i really enjoy talking with chris and mike um yeah hope you enjoy uh go find them um on instagram at born losers records yeah go support them and buy buy music from them um yeah good talk check out all the artists on their label yeah uh go find at you at options uh on instagram and twitter all that stuff um there's merch at the handsome scoundrels.com slash store uh yeah hope you enjoy thanks for listening and watching guys are ready totally. yep. mm. mike and chris uh how, how are y'all doing thanks for joining me by the way too wonderful thank you for having us yeah thanks for having us oh, yeah uh born losers records you guys are the the mega minds behind that <laughs> yeah. uh uh you guys y'all started in 2016 is that right 2015 2016. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, it was a slow burn though. You know, it was very much like, are we going to do this at all mm. to now? It's like consumes everything. <laughs> was there a, a release or a turning point that you're like, okay, now we got to switch to, this is our, our full thing. Uh, you might've heard of it. It was, uh, the novel coronavirus, COVID nineteen. <laughs> I've heard people talk about it. Yeah, yeah. There was a little thing that happened that kind of. Uh... Well, that wasn't a re release of ours, but. <laughs> oh my god! This is a you had options exclusive, born losers. But um, yeah, I mean that kind of threw us into it. You know, it was <clears throat> I was teaching, booking shows, touring. Mike was touring, working in a restaurant. And booking shows at points, yeah. DJing, and like everything just crushed down. And it was like, what do we do? Mm. <laughs> like, we could pause everything, or we could at least just throw ourselves into this. And um, it worked. 
Mm, had uh, had y'all played music before or just knew each other through the scene or how, how did y'all decide to make a label together? Let you take that one. Well, I've been in bands kind of, I don't know, it sounds corny to say professionally, but uh, semi-professionally, I suppose. Yeah. I was like 16. And at the time, Chris had been managing that band of mine. So the, the relationship kind of grew through there. Long story short, all of those bands kind of like fractured into to other bands. And then eventually we were the only two left. Um, so yeah, it's always kind of been a, something we wanted to do and just mm -hmm. took everything we've learned through that 10 plus years of dealing with labels and dealing with bands and artists and all of that and kind of made our mission statement out of what we liked and didn't like from just that entire experience. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, especially playing shows and touring and knowing the, the innards of like how releases are put out and just all that stuff, you know, you can't like, you can't, you gotta experience it. Right. You can't like, well, I just got money. So I'm just going to fucking, you know, if somebody comes along, it's like, I've just got a ton of money and I just throw it around. Like, you're just going to be wasting yeah, money. Yeah. You know? I've also worked with a label like that and <laughs> it didn't go great. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know. Like Mike said, it was kind of just like the, a, the culmination of everything that we learned that we thought was good and everything that we hated about the experiences with other labels and tried to get rid of the bad ones and maximize the good traits of the labels <laughs> and companies that we worked with. And, um, you know, honestly, I do think just like, uh, when we're talking to bands and, you know, giving advice or, you know, some bands are more successful than we ever were that are on our label. But like when we do talk to them and we talk to people, um, I think it helps that we can say like, yeah, we've spent months on the road, sleeping on floors and dirty, you know, whatever. Um, it's not just like, go do this. Like, uh, trust me, it'll work. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's experience behind, behind it. Yeah, for sure. And like, you don't know, it's, you might think for some releases like, ah, eh, we're just going to put this out and see what happens and explodes. Or you might think, you know, this release is going to be a sure thing. And then it shits the bed. I don't know. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, is like whenever you, whenever you guys are putting out re releases now, um, it, do you like, do you need a commitment from the band to be like, all right, you guys got to go on the road for like, and promote this for like months or whatever. Well, we always love when that happens. We understand that it's not always feasible for a multitude of reasons, but right. our label for better, or for worse, really kind of, um, I don't want to say take off cause that sounds whatever, but it, it picked up significantly during the pandemic. And that was a time when obviously nobody could tour. Mm -hmm. So for the first time we were signing bands sight unseen based on the quality of the music and we were just, you know taking it from there. Cause obviously we couldn't expect anybody to go out and tour, but right. yeah. I think it's, it's 
now it really helps just with the the pure accessibility of music and how everybody has everything at their fingertips just being out there touring and playing and building a, a, an engaged audience really goes a really long way when you're trying to keep the life of the campaign alive because yeah. every single day I, I heard a statistic that's like i'll probably get this totally wrong but like a hundred thousand songs are uploaded to Spotify a week or a month or whatever it is. It's way like, more than that. You you butchered the statistic. I don't know what it is. But I know. <laughs> it's like five songs a week are uploaded yeah. on Spotify. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Big committee of people have to. It goes through yeah, different layers of people have to listen to it and make sure it's good. And yeah, there's there's a story being told. You know. Yeah. But we, uh, uh, you know, when we started, like we would not even consider signings, which is funny because we were like no one, but like we wouldn't even consider <laughs> signing someone unless we saw the show. And then we'd be like, oh fuck, that's like a real show. Like that was mm. an amazing experience. Like let's get behind this. And the, like Mike said, it was just when it came down to 2020 and we wanted to keep going, we had to just ditch that part of our philosophy, which was scary. Um, and it was interesting because there was like a, a entire group of projects and bands that formed during that time period that had never, ever played a show. Like we yeah. signed well, total rubbish was born out of mm -hmm. the quarantine. And it was like just a group of girls that wanted to make a punk rock album and mm -hmm. they did. And, <laughs> and then like things yeah. started to open up and it was like, oh boy how's this going to go? And, but you know, they took it to the, to the stage and they grew and you know, that within a year or so they were playing with the dead milkmen and shit. Like it was yeah. pretty mm, fucking wild. Damn. Um, so yeah, it, it's been cool. Things have worked out. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's such a weird time for, for music and like, people trying to just put out stuff to have like a TikTok song or something like, I don't know. Like uh... probably put that on. Do not disturb. <laughs> but do you guys, is that stuff you, you guys think about of like trying to get on whatever, like have a viral song or like, I don't know. It's not something we look for, but yeah. when we have a release, I definitely comb through it to see if there is a moment that I can, you know, try to, I don't know, manufacture a, a moment like that out of something, but it's not, I'm never like listening to a release being like, this is going to be a TikTok release. Like, yeah, but I don't know. We we've had like countless conversations, even when we're just sitting around, just like bouncing ideas off each other. But it always comes back around to the fact that, those viral moments aren't ever seemingly done by the band or the label. It's just some mm. random person or group of people that make it into that moment. Like mm. uh, who's the giant sixties band that had the fucking ocean spray thing happen. And then they like started charting again. Fleetwood Mac. Uh, yeah. Fleetwood like, Mac. Yeah. yeah. Fleetwood Mac didn't make that moment happen. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> it's like, it, well, they might've paid for it. Who knows? Who is that? Yeah, big, big cran, <laughs> big cranberry 
juice and big big industry yeah labels or yeah yeah because like, we've also had like some bands that had some of those moments and then they were like oh let's do it again with this track and i'm like you can't yeah <laughs> yeah, you can never predict it. I don't know how to do that. Like someone made that happen, yeah, or organically somehow. Um, it's weird. Yeah, yeah I think it's... a lot of people are still grasping with understanding that because oh, this band is viral on TikTok. What does that mean, or how did they do it? And it's you know the band probably has no idea. It's just like some person picked it up and used it, and then it was a compelling clip of music and people, other people started using it and then it gets involved in trends and mm -hmm. all that. And whatnot. And it's also hard to follow. It's an interesting thing. Like, uh, you know, I, I don't know how you ended up finding us, what group of artists drew, drew you to emailing Mike. I'm not sure, but like, there's like that band, um, Yacht Club, like Yacht Club yeah. had a huge, uh, TikTok moment, and then that you could see it like it went over to Spotify and into his social medias, and like to like a full touring career. And then there's other artists that have like these big TikTok moments, and their songs don't go anywhere. Like they right. live in natively in TikTok, and then they never go over to people actually listening to the full song. So it's I don't know, it's like. I don't know. It's still like the wild west a little bit, at least in my brain. Like I haven't put the law down to it. Yeah. Yeah. We, we're, we don't understand it, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, can you move into Chris a little bit closer? Yeah. Intimate. No. Um, but yeah, I found, I found y'all, I think I got super heavy into drab majesty. Okay. And like, I think on Spotify, I was just listening to Drab Majesty, like radio or whatever. And then Corinne was on there. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, this sounds cool. Let me check that out. And mm -hmm. then, yeah. And then went to like MIDI Memory and now Matt and, uh, you know, Matt and um, Matt from MIDI Memory, they stayed at the house whenever they were playing Cathedral Bell's show. Cool. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. You just it's... did an episode with uh, CD Ghost, right? Yeah, yeah. And I did what was, uh, yeah, I had them on. Yeah, Matt put me in touch with them. Uh, yeah, it's, I was going to say, there seems to be like, with y'all's releases, there seems to be like, not every band on y'all's label is like, the same genre or whatever, but there's similarities that kind of move through each group. And so I can tell that there's like a lot of thought between, mm -hmm. okay, we're going to put out this band or there, you know, it's not, it doesn't seem like it's just, yeah, y'all are just putting out whatever there's y'all actually like enjoy the bands. So yeah. Yeah. We really like songs and like, yeah. I think you tell if you listen to any artist on our label, they, they just have songs. They write good songs and it's incredibly hard to do. Yeah. There's yeah. like also, I don't know, I've described it a bunch of times, but there's like a very, this kind of dumbs it down a little too far, but it, there's like a Venn diagram between Mike and I of 
stuff that we really enjoy. We're like, yeah. I listen to a ton of singer songwriter stuff. Mike listens to a bunch of like the Cynthia gothy stuff. Mm. Somewhere in the middle, we both really enjoy punk rock. And then in the <laughs> middle of all that, there's just like an understanding of like he said, like it boils down to like the song. So like, even if it's not necessarily my primary genre, he can bring it to the table and be like, yo, this is really fucking good. And then usually it's, there's a, an agreeance of something that happens there where it's like, oh yeah, like we all, we both have to sign off on every release essentially. And every once in a while, one of us brings something to the table that the other one doesn't completely agree on. And then it's like a sticking point for months where it's like, did you see what happened with that band that you said no to? <laughs> was was there a, a big release y'all passed up on that you you would want to say? Not that I, think I mean, I there, there's that band that you were like really. I don't even, I don't even know if we actually had a chance for it, but he wanted to go after it at least, and then like. I can't Magdalena Bay or something. Oh, yeah. And like, he showed me like a video like two years later. He's like, look, they're fucking playing at Red Rocks. <laughs> I was like, oh. Yeah. I sent him Magdalena Bay probably like four, five, four years ago, maybe. And they were like, yeah. Super and he's like, yeah, hey, it's me. <laughs> yeah. You just never know. You know, <laughs> you don't, uh-huh. you know, and you can't get, you can't beat yourself up because there's no way to ever predict anything. So now, um, yeah, in one album, uh, uh, the Anthony Green solo album is like a perfect album. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Know. Yeah, it's so good. Um, thank you. Were y'all big into Circuit Survive and Sayasin? And it's a big fan of Anthony Green. It's an interesting story. So, like, Anthony lives like a block from me. Um, okay. And like, we were actually really good friends with the guitar player from Circus Survive, Brendan. And um, for like years, like we had like this like shitty punk house that we kind of lived at. And he would just like stop by at like two in the morning, three, like, you know, like whenever he was back from tour. And like, I actually, I think that's like how we became good friends. Cause I don't like, I didn't really know who or what Circus Survive was. Like, he'd just be like, mm. yeah, I'm going to play it. And I was like, cool, awesome. And, like, <laughs> eventually one day I, like, Googled it, like, years into our friendship. I was like, holy fuck, he's playing in front of, like, a sea of people. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. And then, like, through that, <clears throat> I started seeing Anthony a lot at the gym. And um, I don't know, then we just became oh, yeah. friends. He took us on tour, like, our band, Suburban Living. And uh, it just blossomed from there to like, um, actually, it was another 2020 thing that really brought it together because I saw him post the um, the first track from fucking whatever, which was his, uh, the group with Anthony and the two singers from Taking Back Sunday and the drummer from Group Love. And they just did like a, a COVID project. And I saw that he posted it and there was no label. And I, so I just texted him. I was like, yo, what's going on? And he yeah. was like, he's like, I don't know. Like, here's our manager. <laughs> Reach out to him, see what, or her, see what happens. 
and it worked out and like that kind of just like blossomed into you know doing the sound of animals fighting anthony's solo record and you know there's possibly some more to come nice yeah that's that's cool yeah that uh boom done the solo record is so good i like uh I just, I was playing this stupid like lawn simulator game on Xbox where you just like <laughs> cut the grass pretty much. That is so <laughs> cool. I don't know. I'm a, by day, I'm, I'm a software developer. So like nothing I do like exists. Like I can't put my hand on software or anything. So there's this weird like, uh, did you like crop call- circle? Or you just straight up cut the grass and just get the job done. I, I would just cut. I, hey, man, I was there to do a job. All right. I'm not messing around because <laughs> okay. you get points. You get points or money from like, uh, you know, how much time it takes and whether it's, you know, accurate. King simulators. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I would just, <laughs> I would just listen to that on repeat. But I was just like, yeah. Yeah. I great. mean, the first time he sent like the finished record of that, I was like, if you like when you go front to back you're like you feel like you just watched like fucking i don't know like schindler's list or some shit like it takes you on like entire journey of like stressed out depression beautiful moments of like joy and you're like you get done you're like what the fuck that was insane yeah 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 yeah. it's like what you just said of just like there's so many emotions like <laughs> in that in that album yeah mm. uh so you guys are in uh philly right mhm yep have you guys both been there for a long time i've been there for about 10 years proper but like i said since we've been in bands for so long we've been unofficial residents probably since 2006 yeah, just like in the in the community and seeing one way or another. But outside, I mean, like we both grew up like forty minutes outside of the city, so it was like it was always the place that, like, even when you didn't live there, that's where the shows were. That's where you went to go do stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> where yeah, are you? Um, I'm in Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, sick. Yeah. Have you guys spent any time down here in the South? We have, yeah. Um, I know it's not Birmingham, but we've played at the the something tree a bunch of times. Bottle tree? Bottle tree, yeah. That was yeah. cool. Where's yeah, that? Yeah, that, that was in Birmingham. No, that was oh, in was Birmingham. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, you know, Man or Astro Man? Mm-hmm. Remember that band? Uh, yeah. The, the drummer... I think he he either ran or owned Bottle Tree, and now he's got a new venue or a newer venue called Saturn here that like medium sized to bigger bands play. It's pretty cool. Awesome. Is the Bottle Tree still there? No, it's like a fancy barbecue place now. Damn. Are the Airstream Trailers still there? <laughs> I don't think so. I think they took them. That was like yeah. the. Beautiful- it's like the green room. Yeah, mm-hmm. awesome. And then you could pay like ten bucks or some shit to stay overnight if you wanted to, for the yeah. band. It was great. Yeah, like yeah. 
specific memory of that venue. We stayed overnight one time and there was just a, a little selection of books and there was this biography of Tom Cruise called Cruise Control. I don't know why it just got <laughs> in my head to this day. It was probably like 12 years ago. I didn't read it or anything, but oh, read man. the cover. Man, who gave the blurb of like, yeah, surely it was like John Travolta or somebody in the Church of Scientology had to give like the... Elron, Ron, right before his death, he was like, Cruise Control, best book ever written. Hmm. But um, what what uh, releases do y'all have coming up that y'all are excited about? This Anything Thursday, on? December 8th, mm -hmm. we got the Sound of Animals fighting, which is very exciting. Uh, first music in 14 years from them. And they're going on like a full tour in January, which is like a pretty big milestone for us because it's like one of the first times, well, it is the first time a band of ours is headlining this capacity room. Mm -hmm. Being like 15, 3,000, depending on the city. Um, Rich from that band at the beginning of the month just put out his first, first record from his solo project, Hospital Gown, which is like a hyper pop adjacent screamo. I mean, it's just all over the place. Yeah, genre um, bending, all genre over the bending. Place. Uh, so that was really cool. Um, <clears throat> Workwave put out a record last Friday, which is we're really excited about. And... Which is funny, like that, like right, like you can just see like that, like the taste right there. I, I don't yeah, know, three, really those three albums are all very different. yeah, they're like insanely different from each other. Um, <clears throat> Surf Rock is dead this Friday. Their first music in a couple of years. Yeah. Sure. Did you catch that? Actually, no, I think they might have been off the tour right then because he had COVID. But when they, they should have hit Birmingham with uh, Cathedral Bells on this last tour, but I don't think they could make that show. Um, but yeah, but uh, I mean, what else we have coming up before the? Is there anything else before the end of no, the No, Surf Rock's our last proper okay. album we're starting we're starting a campaign um next week i think it's yeah next week with this band from belgium called robbing millions who is like this crazy frank zappa meets lemon twigs meets mgmt <laughs> orchestra it, the, the musicianship is insane yeah it's yeah so we're excited about that that's going to be pushing into 23 and then we're kicking off 23 with like a bunch of cool stuff coming up that's cool. Do you guys, so like, you know, do you guys try to put out vinyl like every release? I think, well, um, we, we primarily do it. Sometimes it's when we get an EP from a band, mm -hmm. um, we usually start with like tapes and then a lot of times what we'll do is like when that, if that band gives us a second EP, we'll put them both on vinyl. A and B side. Um, but yeah, most full length records that are delivered to us end up on vinyl. Is, it, yeah, it's, is, is vinyl production still shittily backlogged, like an insane amount? I think it. it's getting better, honestly. Yeah. Uh, my friend was just telling me about Memphis sound, something. Apologies mm -hmm. for not getting the name right. Something Memphis. And they just added like, 
500 more employees or whatever. Oh, so shit. I think like, you know, I, I still don't think it's going to be a phenomenal turnaround, but I think it's get, it, it might be in a positive trajectory next year. Yeah. I just think more people getting involved. People catching up with the uh, demand. Yeah. 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 Cause I mean, there's only so many factories in the world, you know, Right, know. and what people don't realize either is that there might be different factories, but there's only like one or two places that supply the like the actual vinyl. Mm. So, like the the lacquer, the, the pellets, yeah. or whatever. So mm. that's another thing you know to consider. Mm. It's Have weird. You guessed... Like a couple of years ago, there was like a huge article that came out on like. I don't know, Rolling Stone or whatever. I have no idea what platform it was. But there was, like, this huge thing. It was like, we're going to revolutionize, like, the vinyl industry with, like, this new process that will make it fast, cheap, blah, blah, blah. Was it the water cutting, the water etching? I don't know. Is that, I, yeah, it was, like, vinyl turnaround is going to be, like, three weeks. Yeah, and, and then like, it just, just, like, never. Dead, nothing <laughs> ever again. Hell, yeah. Maybe, like, big vinyl, like, put a hit out on them or something. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah, and, like, didn't one of the factories burn down, like, in Belgium or somewhere, Croatia, somewhere? Yeah, yeah, that was really sad. Um, a lot of things, too, that are causing a lot of issues are just these major labels just yeah. crushing the, the, the factories with these, like, pointless represses. They got to put like, out the new Taylor version. You know, there's, yeah, there's like <laughs> ABBA, who I love. No disrespect to ABBA, they're amazing, but they're repressing right. every single record they've ever put out. Ever, it's they're doing thousands and thousands of copies of each, and it's like I saw something that that that, that might affect vinyl till like 2030, and it's like <laughs> I can go to a record Jesus. store and still find some dope ABBA records for like three dollars. Like, where is this demand for this new, right, ultra? exclusive version that's going to be probably 40 bucks yeah you know and then like you get what's her name adele adele who's doing like a double lp 500,000 copies that's a million records you know i think when that came out the i forget what that statistic was yeah yeah it was like they sold like three percent of what they fucking ordered jesus christ it was horrible (sighs) yeah that's interesting. Yeah, I wonder what the numbers are for like unsold records. It, you know, unsold yeah, vinyl. I don't know how. I just don't know. I mean, I don't know what the demand is for fans of someone like Taylor Swift or Adele to be buying vinyl. I feel like I don't mean to pigeonhole anybody, but that seems like that possibly could be a streaming crowd. I don't know. Yeah, like how many of the like, yeah. Like how many uh how many Taylor Swift super fans have like the Macintosh like you know super high end uh, amplifier you know right. and needs this you know uh, yeah got a ten grand setup of speakers and amps to play there to play <laughs> yeah yeah although we do see people that buy which is cool we do see people that buy some of our vinyl and they. They don't even have record players. Yeah. 
it's just like it's a cool collector's piece i guess you know especially because with all the cool variants a lot of times variants we do have to be handmade so no two are alike so you technically have the mm. only one in so that stuff's cool that's, that's cool yeah i think that goes to show like sometimes people just want to like people might just be fans of born losers and like not know who this artist is but since you know since y'all put it out you know yeah, it's going to be always quality to it it's and it's cool to see so like i do a lot of like i do most of the like printing of all the labels and all that shit for like um all like the mailing and it's mm. cool like, when i type in an email address to, like pull up the order and it's like they bought something that's like synth and something that's punk and something that like but they like ordered like 10 different things from us over the years i'm like yes that's working the curation is mm -hmm. working yeah yeah uh, i mean the goal is to curate i mean we we take the artists we work with really seriously and i think my goal has always has been like just some of the labels i really respect you know it's going to be good just because it's there Mm -hmm. And that's always been like, it doesn't matter what kind of music you listen to. You're just going to, it's going to be inherently enjoyable. That's kind of like our, our goal. Yeah. And you can see, you know, people do, they, they buy a bunch of different stuff or sometimes we'll do like giveaways, like for certain stuff. And we'll just toss in like three different releases and they're all wildly different and they hit us back and like, these are all so great, you know, so stuff like that's really rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's like, eh, nobody's looking at like, who, what is, what is Sony putting out right now? Let's see what, <laughs> <laughs> you know, what is universal music group? What are they up to right now? You know? Exactly. Uh, yeah. There's, there's a, a sense of like, I guess uh, you guys are curators kind of. Yeah, well, I mean, one of the most rewarding things this year is seeing everybody share their, like, Spotify wraps mm. and just having two, three artists of ours on, on just Strangers' top five is, like, so, so cool. Yeah. Also, what's cool is, like, the, um, like the internal community that, like, um, I don't know, we always talk, like, like a joke but we're always like oh like starting the, the cult like you know and like it's cool like to see a lot of our artists interact with each other like in real life yeah, like on online on social media like they're all four together yeah they're like supporting each other everyone's like liking each other's stuff sharing each other's stuff and it's like uh it's 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 really cool it's it feels like something special and i hope it can uh continue to grow in that fashion yeah yeah it's cool yeah just having like being around the cathedral bells uh folks you could they were talking like that they're you know friends with cd ghost and they've done you know they've done stuff with uh other people on the label so it's mm -hmm. yeah seems yeah, like a cool little community and mixes oh, yeah. and masters all of cd ghost midi memory stuff yeah. And he mastered mm. the most recent CD Ghost record and the Catherine Moan stuff. Right. And Johnny Dynamite. Johnny Dynamite, yeah. Mm hmm Yeah, Johnny Dynamite's great, too. 
like him. I was gonna say, did you get to that record? Because yeah, that record's fucking that's good, sick. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know if like "Bats in the Woods" is a, a banger. I think that's the first song I heard from him. Yeah, and same. I was like, damn, this fucking mm-hmm. mm, so catchy. Uh, he's the new wave Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I like. I like he's a good follow on Instagram too. He's, I don't know. I like. It's it's you fun get a to see. see him live. It it's well worth it. It he's uh he's quite the performer. It's um yeah. I feel like he's studied what the great performers of all time have done, and like when he's up there, it's like it could be a hundred cap room, and you're like, am I at a fucking stadium right now? Like. <laughs> throwing down like energy like crazy i love it i like yeah people you know and people uh pick up on that stuff you know it's it could be easy to be a turd you know so i'm sure you've got you guys been around music long enough and seen people you know when uh, they're like blaming the crowd you know and shit just bullshit <laughs> like that i was like hey man blaming the sound yeah this fucking this fucking monitor sucks or whatever yeah yeah uh hmm what so mike you're the you're the synthia new yeah. new wave for year guy yeah i just like i'm a big record collector myself so i mean my my collection's pretty all over the place too and i think that's just leans more to like the label itself that chris <laughs> and i we don't just listen to one type of music and right. it would be cool to be a label that's like specialty and curates to a certain style or genre, but those labels are awesome, but we just don't listen to music that way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like I also, like, you know, I also love synth music as well, but it's like my, mine is like surface deep where I'm like, of course I know Duran Duran, like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and then like, I'll go to a DJ night that Mike is doing, and it's like I haven't heard like a tenth of the fucking songs that he's playing because he's. <laughs> it's like they're deep cuts from bands that you know, I uh, I know the hits of, but he knows it all. Yeah, uh, I have been called music snob. <laughs> what are um? So you do you DJ too, Chris? I I've DJed once with Mike. He's DJed. <laughs> Mm. I've done it once. Uh, like Modest Mouse and Jimmy Cliff. That was it. <laughs> Hell yeah. I played them both. <laughs> do you do you guys uh, so Mike, do you use like actual vinyl when you're yeah. DJing? Yeah, so Damn. I I, for, I I would DJ the work life release show this past Friday and <laughs> I left my house and forgot all of my records. And so I had to pick all of Chris's. So it was actually kind of fun <laughs> picking his stuff and like trying to curate the vibe out of a collection that wasn't mine. Ooh, it was a little all over the challenge. place. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. What were some of the uh, the crazier uh, or well, uh, more? Got, that's for sure. <laughs> I think right before they played, I dropped uh, "Take It Easy." Ooh, yeah. pretty sick. Um, the really only downside was when I played um, Sweet Leaf by Black Sabbath and it skipped like crazy. And it was like mixed so quiet and super staticky. 
Everyone's yeah, like looking I, over at me. Like, I think that was a well played record at one point. Yeah. It, yep. Like, Sounds like. Ass. Mm. <laughs> do you have a DJ name, Mike? Uh, no, I just basically do it under the label name. Mm. And me like and my it. buddy, who we're in a band with, Suburban Living, we do like a monthly called Suburban Losers. Ooh, I like it. And we're both super music snobs too. So our collections, are, they complement each other really well. But it's always, um, my whole thing is I try to just play stuff no one's heard, but know that it's like, again, like inherently enjoyable. Right, yeah. People are excited, you know what I mean? It's like, you know the hits and, and we pull them out sometimes, you know, when you want to get the room extra lit and whatnot. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we do it for ourselves as well, stuff we want to listen to. Yeah. How we're drinking um, high. <laughs> there you go. Uh, oh, so like, oh, you did twice. I did my old country. Oh, night. true. I, yeah. yeah. I, I started like a an old, and it's not called old, the fuck is it called? Outlaw. Out like, outlaw, yeah, like old outlaw country stuff. My, me and my wife did it. And uh, it was supposed to be every other week. And then it, the pandemic kicked up. It was like when it re-spiked and then the place I was doing it like shut down and never bought live music back ever again. Damn. Uh, DMX so, played there too, so. <laughs> Damn. R.I.P. Um, uh, so would you wear like a nudie suit or anything, anything crazy for your outlaw country? Like bedazzled rhinestone, anything? Now, if I had one, I would have, but I definitely did not. No, that would have been. Man. Is damn, yeah. I like outlaw country. Um, yeah, you know, like uh, yeah. Uh, Hank Williams is from Montgomery, which is you know like an hour away from here, so it's big. Hank yeah, Williams senior. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, he had a rough life. Drank himself to death. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Another RIP. Wow. Uh, I don't know where I was going with that. But yeah, it's pretty much to see if you wore rhinestones while you DJed. Chris. <laughs> uh, it, what about, ooh, would a, a full country album, would would that come out on Born Losers? I would, I would definitely do yeah. it for sure. It's just that it has, <laughs> has to be the right person, you know? It's, um, mm. yeah. I, there's people that, I don't know, there's a couple of artists in, like, recent history um, that, like, have gotten close, in my opinion, to, like, doing it well. Uh, but there's, like, still just, like, there's something that feels like they're putting on a costume that I don't oh, yeah. like. 100%. Where I'm like, I don't know. Like, this just feels like you're, like I said, you know feels like an act and not genuine. Um, yeah, shout out to the Abigails. That is like a great ass current country western band. Abigails. Let me I'm gonna make a note. Yeah. They're tight. I don't know if um, they're still around, but recently enough. Yeah. I like in being in Birmingham we're like a three hours from Nashville. So I've known some people that have been like touring musicians for some like bigger name country people. And geez, talk yeah. about like 
talking about like uh toxic uh uh business is like big country bands or like oh. big country artists oh like the toby keiths and all that not even like that big but just like i think it's pretty like like way more cutthroat than than like most uh yeah uh, it's insane i mean like the the thing is it's like the player the musicianship in like that world is like it, they have such a high standard and like everyone's just gunning to take the next guy out and there's like bam there's like a really there's a great old school country song called nashville cats which is like just everyone talking about how like they've been playing since they've been babies and it's like the guitar players and the bass like, everyone it's, it's just insanity so i can imagine that you know if you're not ruthless you've got no chance to get the job yeah yeah John only had one drummer his entire career <clears throat> impressive who was, who was that Johnny Cat. Ooh. no one knows who drummers yeah. <laughs> he's only one of them <laughs> Is his cousin Stevie Cash, I believe? No. Um, but yeah, do you guys, how much input do y'all have if someone gives y'all a release? Do you guys say like, ah, this sounds, could you guys mix this again or whatever? Yeah. Do you, do you guys give notes to bands? I don't think we would ever do that unless we were specifically asked for input, which has happened in the past. Um, a lot of times I'll find myself working on artwork and videos with the artist. Um, so it's cool to have that input. Um, and a lot of times people come with a fully fleshed concept and idea, and that's always really exciting too. But I mean, we'll definitely put our input on singles. A lot of times I know, especially being in bands, pretty much your most recent song you've created or is the one you're most excited about, but it's not always the single. Right. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Perspective is always good yeah. to like, to piggyback off people. I guess you, you respect their opinion. Yeah. Um, a lot of times though, like the music is done, but like you were saying, like art videos, stuff like that, like some people have it all together. Like, they're just like, this is exactly what I'm going to fucking do. And I'm like, awesome. That's great. <laughs> um, but you know, there's other people that like, they, they kind of feel somewhat feels like they've drained the well making the music and they're like, how now, how now, what do we do? <laughs> mm. like, all right, well, let's go to the drawing board. Yeah. But it's something yeah. we're always, we're always happy to be as involved as they're comfortable with us being. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I don't it's know. More like a curated feel that we're all like in this together, you know? Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. And I'm sure the bands appreciate that too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Making music so weird. And, it, you know, you don't, when somebody puts a song out, you don't know, like, has this person had the song for like four years and they just kind of went back to it and finished it or like, like you know, so. You know, they might hate whatever, not hate, but be like, oh, God, you know, this song again. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's weird. And yeah, it's so weird, like putting actual music out. It seems like putting music out is sometimes can be like fleeting. I don't know if that makes sense. 
where it's like, yeah, I mean, man. this day and age, it's even some of the most influential blogs, like, like, Oh shit, we got on this blog. And then 15 minutes later, it's at the bottom of the page. Cause they posted like 20 other things. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which goes back to like why touring is so important because mm. yeah. that press cycle is very short. You know, man, you man. could have, you could have the best press cycle and it's going to last no time at all. And like, yeah. you know, with the fact that, um, everyone's not everyone, but most artists are very like, um, open on social media, like mm. interviews don't seem to matter so much with certain yeah. artists. Cause it's like, some of the questions like, you know, that used to be asked are already answered a million times over on their yeah. Instagram page. <laughs> it's like, right. you know, what do you like to do? Like, I don't know. Go on his Instagram. Uh, uh, eat pizza. Uh, I, could, I could look at your Instagram. I see where you recorded it, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you guys... Uh, do you guys ever want your uh, bands to put on airs? Like, say they're on a private jet, like going to a show, when you know people see them on there, like flexing for the gram and all that. Flexing that, yeah. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being silly. No, because uh, yeah, we, we yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, just there's the one. I don't know if y'all know the. Uh, I think it was. I can't remember what it was, but anyways, Lil Bow Wow posted like a picture of a private jet and he's like, all right, you know, heading to Charlotte or whatever. And then, you know, uh, some, I saw him on like a Delta flight, like the <laughs> same day he posted that same picture. He's like, is this you? It's like, I didn't say I was taking the private jet. I just posted a picture of it. Is that yeah. going to Charlotte? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's oh, funny. Man. There's a, I don't know what, the market for this is or where these things exist, but we knew someone who dated someone that like was an influencer and like they would go on this like fake private jet to take pictures. Like I've heard of this. Yeah. Like, you, like, you just go on this thing and then you, you know, you do your photo shoot and then you're like, <laughs> you mean there's just like a fucking so bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> And you're like, okay, I guess this is a thing. That's awesome. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen that. Like people rent out. It's just like a, a pretty much renting out like a studio, but it's like mm -hmm. the inside of an air, a, a private jet. Yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> it's, it's so cool. <laughs> I love it. It's yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's uh, social we media should... is so fucking weird and bullshitty. It's yeah. I don't know. Yep. But you gotta use it I know. to mm -hmm. get get the stuff out. Mm. Wow. Um, yeah, we're at like fifty minutes. Uh, I've enjoyed this. Hopefully, you haven't got the. Have you guys done podcasts before? Like I've I done a handful. Yeah, a couple. Yeah, yeah. Is uh, do you enjoy doing them? Do you hate doing them? No, I enjoy it. I think it's fun. It's like. Uh... I don't know. Could talk about some shit, learn some new things about other people. It's cool. Yeah, that's cool. We did uh, like... that when we did the the, the taste, you know, of vinyl. taste of vinyl. Yeah. That's oh cool. yeah. Yeah. 
It's cool. I like the, you know, like you said, with the sometimes inner, like, I don't consider it an interview. I think we're just like talking, but sometimes, oh, you really? know, people ask like, so why, why the name born losers? And you guys get that question like a million times or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, Funny story about that, actually. Chris didn't want to name the label that because he thought it was a bad omen. Mm, ooh. Last right now. <laughs> Were there <laughs> other names? Were there other names in the running? No. <laughs> no, but it ended up being the logo came to us. And then we were like, all right, now we have to follow through because we were like, we both thought the smoking maybe was so it's sick. Pretty sick. Yeah. It's pretty sick. Thank you, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. That's a sick. Yeah. The smoking, smoking baby is pretty cool. Tough to be. Yeah. Right. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, do you guys have any uh, closing words or um, anything you want? Anybody you want to shout out? I don't know. Yeah. Not really. Just have a good new year. If you listen to this past the new year, then have I hope you're enjoying the new year. And uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> check out our label. Check out our mm -hmm. artists. Uh, we love them all. We we stand behind all of it. And uh, you know, thank you for having us. Hell yeah. And, uh, good luck with everything that you got going on in the new year too, man. Thank you. Yeah, uh, you guys stay on for a minute. Um, but y'all, you guys had options, but you decided to talk to me, and I appreciate it. <laughs> Hell yes, <Larry>. yeah, <laughs>